We now join the Apostle and Prophet Ministry with Pastor Ron Boyd coming to you from Dunbar Township. Come and listen in to a radio station where the mighty hosts of heaven sing. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. If you want to hear the songs of Zion coming from a land of endless spring, get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on and listen to the music in the air. Turn your radio on. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother Ronnie Boyd coming to you again today with the Apostle and Prophet Ministry, and we want you to stay tuned. We're going to have a song here in just a little bit about 13 at the table in honor of a man. In other words, whenever that they was eating that, we call it the Last Supper, and uh, what happened after that, and we want to talk a little bit about communion today, so stay tuned. Turn the lights down low and listen to the Master. Turn the lights down low and listen to the Master's radio. Get in touch with God. Turn your radio All right, we want to have a recording here. I'd heard this song uh, at my mother and dad's. They had it on a uh, 33 and a third uh, record, and and it's probably 40 years ago, and I never, ever heard it again. And it's by Jerry Lee Lewis, and I don't know if anybody else sang it or ever did sing it, but he was the one that I heard, and that's the one I want to play for you. And uh, I just like the thought of it. And I'd come across it recently, and I want to share it with you today, and then we want to talk about communion a little bit. To honor up a man, he broke the bread and he poured the blood red wine. He blessed the food and told them this would be his final supper. And he told them all to love their fellow man. The story starts where it was nearly ended. It's the greatest story told to all mankind. We took the only one on earth that ever really mattered. And when we were through, he had been crucified. He was a carpenter who mended broken body brought here by our creator master plan he walked the earth and he never ever tried to hurt another but when we were through and he told them all to love the fellow man well they took him on a cross Mary watched the stone by night and day. And ain't 
fellow men. Well, let's go to the 1 Corinthians 11th chapter and verse 17. Go to the Word of God here for just a little bit. I want to read from verse 17 down to verse 34, which is the last verse of this chapter, because it deals with communion. All right. And uh, the apostle wrote, now in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not, that you come together not for the better, but for the worse. So when he was coming together, they had an idea that they were somehow taking part of that final supper. And uh, they did not understand what they was doing. They wasn't doing it right. So he's rebuking them, really. And he said, first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you. And I partly believe it. That should never be. We should be of one mind and one place, one accord like a the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost was given. Then he says in verse 19, For there must be also heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. When you come together, therefore into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. Now, what he's saying, the way they was doing it was wrong. Let's find out what they was doing. For in eating, every one taketh before the other his own supper, and one is hungry, another is drunken. And I want you to think about that. They was bringing their meal, bringing it to the church or to the place where they gathered, and eating a meal some had, some did not have. And, and it was an embarrassing situation for those that didn't have. And some of them brought wine instead of using it According to the Word of God, they was actually getting drunk, and we know that that would be wrong. All right, verse 22. What? Have you not houses to eat and drink in, or despise you the church of God, and shame them that have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. He is a little upset with these people from this church, what they was doing, and they was doing these things ignorantly, not knowing the right way. So then he begins to say this, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, 
that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it, and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. I want you to notice the statement, though, that he made. He said, For I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you. So he was telling them that what he is preaching and what he's talking, what he's teaching here, he got that right from the Lord. And this is what the Lord wanted him to preach and teach, in other words, about this subject of communion. All right. Then he went on, he said in verse 25, After the same manner also he took the cup. And when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. Now, he's, now when he's talking about coming together to eat, not just a natural meal, he's talking about taking communion, okay? And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that you come not together unto condemnation, and the rest will I set in order when I come. So he said, I'll get everything straightened out when I get there. But until then, he gave them this much because this is what he had received from the Lord. Then when you go back and read Matthew's account, Luke's account, um, and uh, Mark and John, and you read about the communion or the Last Supper, which would be uh, Passover, and then Jesus at that meal of Passover that night instituted this, which we call communion now, and they also had foot washing, and that's recorded in the Gospel of John and how he did it and uh, why he did it, and we're supposed to do the same thing. So as I read down through this, though, I have found out through my experience in the many years I've been going to church, I uh, actually got the Holy Ghost when I was 12 years old, baptized at about 9 years old or 8 years old, somewhere around there. And uh, I have sat under different ministers and uh, for many years and I've known many ministers and used to uh, talk with them and everything that we had through the years. Many in evangelists come and preach to us. And then I've been to many conventions and heard a lot of teaching. Uh, after all, think about my age and then think about what, how early that I started. And uh, I've heard a little bit. And I know some people don't think that, <laughs> uh, well, that guy don't know what he's talking about. Well, I've heard quite a bit. You know what? I've heard a lot of arguments. I've heard a lot of teaching on this communion thing. And 
I've heard debates, and I've been in churches that did it this way, in churches that did it that way, and uh, I, I knew something as I went through the years, there had to be a right way. So I decided just to look at the Word of God and take the Word of God for what it says. Now, others might say, well, I don't think that's necessary. I think what it really meant was this, so you can do that if you want. But I decided if I'm going to teach it, I'm going to stay as close to the Word of God as I know how and just trust the Word of God. So I want to back up a little bit now to verse 24. And when he had given thanks, and now this is when he took the bread now, and uh, that same night that he was uh, betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take ye, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Well, I've been in churches where when it come time to take communion, they would get the tray out with the little glasses. They'd fill all the little glasses up. And then they would have these little wafers, a stack of them. And you took a little wafer, and you took that little glass. And uh, most of the time in those churches, there was grape juice in that glass. And they said, well, that's the fruit of the vine. And they were satisfied with that. Well, I began to look at the scripture, the bread. Let's deal with that. He took the bread, and he broke it. I remember being in a service one night with another brother, and and um, he was a good brother and everything, but whenever they brought the bread out for the communion, he had three little loaves. And um, I looked at that, and I mentioned this to him. I said, Brother, I said, um, how many bodies really is there in God? And I said, the Bible teaches that there's one body and one spirit as you're called in one hope of your calling. I said, if this bread is supposed to represent his body, not three bodies, but his body, one. And uh, he thought about it, and uh, he checked it out, and he agreed. And from then on, he just used one little loaf of bread. And uh, so he would take that bread and bless it, then break it and give to each individual. And uh, we always try to make sure that they eat all of it. That's what the uh, way the scripture teaches. And uh, so uh, that uh, is the way that we take the bread. But what kind of bread? All right. We went back through searching the word of God, and we found out that whenever they did the original Passover in Egypt, that uh, 12th chapter there, you can read it for yourself. It was unleavened bread, and it started what they call the Feast of Unleavened Bread. It started on that 14th day, the day of Passover, and seven days they had to eat unleavened bread, and they were not allowed to have any leavening in their house at all. There is spiritual reasons for all this teaching in the Word of God. I don't have time to go into all that, but uh, you could teach on that uh, alone for maybe two or three nights just on that subject, the leavening. I will say this. Jesus made a statement, and he said to his disciples, Beware of the leavening of the Pharisees, and uh, this spake he of their doctrine. So uh, there's a lot to that. But to represent the body of Jesus, he was the word, and every word of God is pure. Add thou not unto his words, the Bible said, lest thou be found a liar. And so 
you have to be very careful. So we use unleavened bread. And usually I have my wife make a little loaf and no leavening in it whatsoever. The only thing she uses is just flour and water and makes this little loaf of bread. And uh, we take it, we pray over it, and then we break it off. And each member that's taking communion that night gets a piece of that bread. That bread, after we bless it, after we pray over it, represents his body. Now, we're not teaching like the Catholic Church and transubstantiation, but we believe that it does represent his body. All right. Then uh, it has to be unleavened. All right. Now we move on. And because uh, I know we're pressed for time uh, when we do these radio broadcasts. But as we move on, he said, in the same manner as he took the cup when he had supped. Now, that meant he took a cup in his hand and he took and supped from that cup. All right. Now, it doesn't say he poured it uh, into a lot of little glasses or anything else. It doesn't say that. And whenever you go back and read uh, the accounts in Matthew and Mark and then in Luke, you'll find out that uh, it doesn't say there that he passed little glasses to them or anything else. He did say in the book of Luke, divide this among you. In other words, what we believe, we take a cup and we put wine in it and uh, then we pray over it and uh, whoever's blessing the cup takes a sup and begins to pass it around with the group and each one in the group takes a little sup from that cup and by the time it makes its uh, trip around through the group uh, it's usually used all up and just like the bread we try to make sure we eat all of it and we drink all that cup but there's nobody drinking very much wine at all you're only getting a little sup from that cup but it's one cup it's one bread and I believe that there was only one body and one spirit. And uh, so the, the Bible letting us know these things were all baptized into one body by one spirit. And you can read that in 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. You drop back to the 10th chapter. And uh, the apostle was writing here in verse 16. And he said, the cup of blessing which we bless is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? So the cup represents the blood, and the bread represents his body. For we being many are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of that one bread. Behold, Israel, after the flesh, are not they which eat of the sacrifices partaker of the altar? And then he goes on talking about idols. He said, what say I then, that the idol isn't, is anything, or that which is offered in sacrifice to idols is anything? He's saying, don't get mixed up in that now. He's, he's trying to teach him about communion here. But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that you should have fellowship with devils. Don't get involved in none of that, he said. Then he makes a statement in verse 21. You cannot drink of the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You can't do both. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. Then he said in verse 22, Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? 
And uh, we go back over here, and he said, the same manner, verse 25 of the 11th chapter now, he took the cup, when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, this uh, you do as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Now, there's another interesting thing. At Easter time, we do not get involved in uh, none of those programs. Now, I know they say it's supposed to be the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But there's a whole bunch of things, pagan rites and everything else that they have uh, got involved in. And you say, oh, what do you mean pagan rites? Well, stop and think about it. Sunrise service. Now, I know they, they claim, oh, that means that we're honoring the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Is it? Why you do it on Sunday? Why do you go out and uh, look toward the sun, have your sunrise service? Where did that come from? Where did the idea come from? Do you read it in the New Testament? Did the apostles do that? Here's the only commandment that I really have found to tell us to remember the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, all right, by any particular uh, manner. And that is, as oft as you do this, as oft as you drink it, and eat this bread, drink this cup, as oft as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Every time that we take communion, that's what we are doing. We are remembering the death of Jesus Christ, that he died for our sins. He took our place at Calvary and suffered the way that he did. His body was ripped by the whips, and he took the stripes for our healing, that we might have healing today, and then was put into a tomb, and he came out of that tomb on the third day, just like he said he would, and he went then for 40 more days after the resurrection, teaching to them the things pertaining unto the kingdom of God, and then was caught up to God, and caught up to heaven, and sent back the Holy Ghost a few days later, and uh, the kingdom of God was started on the day of Pentecost. What a wonderful, wonderful story that is. It's a terrible story to think about the suffering of Jesus, but it's a wonderful thing to think about how he delivered humanity and made a way for them to be saved through that operation. So that part is wonderful. So every time we take communion... That's what we're thinking about. That's what we're remembering. That's what we're talking about. That's what we sing songs about. Uh, we sing songs about the blood and uh, the blood that washes our sins away. And we talk about that and the miracle and the wonderful thing that happened and uh, that we have a chance of salvation today through it all. So that's what we do now. Some people say, well, you take it once a year. Some people say you take it every Sunday. I've heard all kinds of things taught on that. The only thing I can say, again, staying right with the Word of God, he said, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Then the question comes up, about the the cup all right is it grape juice or is it wine well 
I've sat through debates on it. I've heard arguments, and I know what the Scripture says. I know back in Proverbs and uh, 24, it said, Don't tarry at the wine. In the 20th chapter, wine is a marker, strong drink is a raging. I know in the 31st chapter, or Proverbs, I mean, and uh, the 31st chapter of Proverbs, it said, uh, Kings and uh, princes should not use strong drink. Uh, and then I know about the Leviticus, the 10th chapter, and how that the sons of Aaron got themselves in trouble. And then it was told to Aaron from that time on that the priest, when he went into the tabernacle, should not go in with strong drink, wine, or anything like that. I know all that. I know about Noah, how that he got drunk and his son seen his nakedness. I know about Lot. His two daughters got him drunk, laid with him, and that wasn't a good thing either. It was not a good thing. It, it was something they should not have done, but they did it. And I know about those stories in the Bible. And I know uh, that uh, we should uh, not drink wine, get drunk. Because there's actually scripture that says we shouldn't do that. In Ephesians, the Apostle Paul is doing the writing now. And listen to what he said in verse 18 of the fifth chapter of the book of Ephesians. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. So he has given us instruction, be not drunk with wine wherein is Excess. Don't get drunk with wine. That would be wrong. That would be taking wine in excess. Well, I'm going to have to interrupt here because I got a lot to th- a lot of things to say yet about uh, communion and uh, about what the Bible says about it and uh, what's in the cup and uh, who should take it and an awful lot. So we'll deal with that next week and pick it up and uh, deal with this thing of communion again next week. As she spilled them both, her praises flowed and filled the crowded room. As the ointment poured upon the Lord, others trembled at the waist. But Jesus let them know her worship flowed listening to the Apostle and Prophet Ministry with Pastor Ron Boyd, inviting you to join him again next Sunday morning at 8.30 here on WMBS.